What's up, everybody? It's Mike Cleansing from Head Start Basketball and the Hoop Heads Podcast. You're listening to the Championship Vision Podcast with Coach Kevin Furtado. Coaches, how are you? This is Coach Kevin Furtado. I'm Director of Championship Vision, and I'm so excited to have another podcast. This is going to be episode number 38. These podcasts are moving on <clears throat> more and more. I tell you, the guests that I'm getting are just unbelievable. You're going to love our next guest on episode 38 of the Championship Vision Podcast. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Rick Torbett. Rick Torbett has taught thousands of coaches to win more games through his innovative approach to the game. His greatest passion is showing coaches how to reach their highest potential on the court. Rick has worked with coaches at every level of the game. He has created some of the most powerful training for coaches at any level so they can coach their best and win more games. <clears throat> Rick is the director of Better Basketball website, and it, which includes instructional DVDs, online courses, and streaming video for coach and player development. He's also a clinic speaker for Point Guard College, the Glacier Coaching Clinics every spring and every fall. He's also part of the USA Basketball Coaching Clinic's Final Four National Association of Basketball Coaches. In addition, he is, a, uh, he is part of the NEI Champions of Character Annual Coaching Clinic, Athletes in Action. Also, International Basketball Coaching Experience Global Sports Partners, Manitoba Super Coaches Clinic, and also he's worked in countries like Belgium, Canada, Norway, and Costa Rica. His history of coaching, he started out as a high school coach. Um, he worked at Holy Innocence Episcopal School in 1992-2003. Um, he was the head boys varsity basketball coach. He had a 70% winning percentage in back-to-back -back Final Fours. And in addition, he was the mathematics teacher. From 1989 to 1992, he taught and coached at Mount Vernon Christian Academy in Atlanta, Georgia. He was the head boys varsity basketball coach and math teacher. From 1982 to 1984, he was at Oldowall High School in Oldowall, Tennessee, coaching varsity boys basketball. From 1979 to 1981, he was at Chattanooga Central High School in Chattanooga, Tennessee, coaching varsity basketball and teaching mathematics. Coaches, today you're going to have one of the most innovative basketball development coaches in the world today, and that's Rick Torbett. And I'm telling you, um, you go to betterbasketball.com, and he has some unbelievable items on there. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you can talk about his read and react offense. Um, you can talk about his dynamic defense system. Um, in addition, uh, the fusion practice system is unbelievable. It's just a... Um, it's just a great revolutionary system out there on the market today. Uh, we use the Read and React here at Lake Oconee Academy. We run a five-out motion, um, and we use a lot of the principles and layers that he teaches. Um, in addition, we also run his Read and React uh, zone attack as well. So it's going to be exciting to kind of pick his brain a little bit, things that hopefully he can help uh, us out here at Lake Oconee Academy. But it, what, what a great, knowledgeable person. You're going to hear... Um, just some golden nuggets of information that will help all of us out 
uh, in our coaching profession. So, coaches, let's welcome Mr. Rick Torbett. Rick. Kevin. Yeah, yes, sir. Can you hear me okay? I sure can. That's great. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, we're not, uh, you know, we're not as fancy as like the big time hardwood hustle. But, the, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm so glad I, I've been trying. I'm really I've been trying for a while. Try to try to get a hold of you and so forth. And uh, I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you for uh, thank you for joining us. Oh, this is fantastic. Uh, and I think it's pretty high tech. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I tell you, I have a lot of questions for it. Number one, we we started back and so forth, but this yeah, questions I have for you. But um, uh, really, a lot of your your website, I tell you, I, I think I pay your salary, man. Um, and all the great thing at Better Basketball, you guys do a terrific job with that with that website. So thank you so well, much. Thanks. That's always under construction uh although we made a huge um jump this uh, this past fall and i think about all the bugs are worked out and and really happy with what we got now you know if we've got a forum we've got a way to uh, get uh your questions answered um people can direct message me i mean it's just nice very very nice i hope i hope it's a lot easier for the coaches to navigate and it's a little more powerful well, it's a lot more powerful than what we had because we've got some plans for things that um, um, uh, will just increase the value of uh, the all, uh, especially the all access me uh, membership. Yeah. So thanks. Yeah. Yes. And, and that's what, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, um, I'm really looking into that. Matter of fact, I was listening to your podcast from uh, Steve Collins, a friend oh, of yeah. mine. Um and matter of fact, Steve, you know, out of Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I got some great questions for you because I really was inspired by a lot of things that you said. But can you help? Um, the audience is, is, is full of coaches like myself, journeyman coaches. I've been coaching for 29 years and um, I don't have a state championship resume, yeah. but I know I've, I've impacted a lot of kids and so forth. And But tell me how you got involved in the coaching. And I know, I know a lot about the schools you've been at because I'm here in Lake Oconee and I know I'm very familiar with Holy Innocence yeah. and the, uh, all the schools you worked at. Uh, I know you, you're pretty much a, a Georgia boy. Well, I started out in Tennessee. Uh, okay. Born, yes. Born yes. And raised in Tennessee. And I started, uh, coaching, um, in, um, the largest public schools <clears throat> there in, uh, actually in Chattanooga. Uh, yes, classification and um, a couple of different public schools there and then went to Atlanta and went to private schools, uh, which, you know, are relatively small, you know, compared to the public school. So I've kind of been in both. Yes, and I noticed that and I've, I've been in both myself and I prefer the small school, maybe because it's you have access to just about all the kids. Um, I teach K5 PE and I teach all the, you know, the, the, the varsity girls basketball. So I love that. Is that what you liked about yeah. it? Um, yeah. You know, you get to see them more than just on the court. Um, 
you know, you can kind of speak into their lives maybe in a different way. They get to see you in a different light, you know, as well. So I taught math and um, usually if you were, you know, uh, as you went up through high school, you were going to go through one of my classes, at least one. <laughs> yeah. And I bet you were the toughest teacher. Oh, you, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's your next step kind of develops kind of a reading react type of math uh, curriculum. What do you think about that? Uh, there's well, no doubt there was influence there, you know, and it's, <laughs> and it's uh, almost a subconscious influence. Um, you know, um, uh, it, it is a, I saw a quote one time that mathematics is the habit of mind, the habit of mind that takes complex situations and simplifies them. Simplify. Yeah. That's a great yeah. point. Um, yeah. And a lot of your, I tell you, you're right. You're, I mean, uh, first of all, I, I cannot teach math, <laughs> but I always admire, I always admire Rick, those coaches that I'm a PE teacher and, and, but, and I know my job's tough. But I always admire those teachers who taught English or science all day, six, you know, six, seven mm -hmm. periods, and then came, then came on the court and were totally prepared. There's something about that. Cause I know not, you know, I, I, I just know a lot of coaches that don't really, you know, teach that strong during the day, but I know you guys, had a full load of classes. So you had two jobs. Yeah, you know, no no one really, uh, unless you've done it, you just can't appreciate the mental drain, what it takes out of you, say, to, to teach and to put yourself forward and to really be engaged in five classes. And for me, sometimes that was three or four preps, you know. Um, right. And then to change gears, go in and, and uh, at least act like uh, – you just woke up and you're fresh as a daisy and, and you want to put all everything you have <laughs> into your practice. You know, um, I have great empathy for, her. um, now, you know, something there's, you know, um, I'm sure even if you haven't taught, you know, you're working your job, uh, and then, right. And then you, after giving it your all, <laughs> now you got to go to practice and give it your all uh, again, you know, you know, practices wind up being uh, so intense uh, that it's, uh, it's, it's draining. You better have some way to recharge that battery. It's a wear and tear. Um, and, and I think your great coaches like yourself. I think they, um, you got to have a passion. You got to have a love for the game and you got to have a connection with your coaching staff and everybody. You got to, you got to love what you do, right? Yeah, you do. And, uh, uh, and I appreciate you saying a great coach like me, but I, I don't, and I'm not trying to be humble. Okay. But I'm like yourself, you know, I've never won a state championship, you know, no national championships under my, uh, under my belt. Um, uh, I think I've just become a student of the game uh, and because I love it so much. Um, it's not that I'm trying to become a walking encyclopedia or any kind of goal like that. I, I just can't, I can't keep myself from uh, loving it, you know? And so if, 
whenever you, I think the true test, the litmus test is when you uh, supposedly relax, right? And you, you're going to take, I'm going to take this afternoon off and, or something like that, or I'm going to go to, to, on a vacation or something. And where does your mind go? I'll tell you where mine goes, you know? And, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think that's just the test. It is. It is. Um, and it's hard. I can't, Rick, like right now, it, it's my off season. And look at, I'm doing podcasts with great basketball minds like yourself. I can't get away from it. I mean, I should be out playing golf right now. I live at Lake Oconee. I could be going to Harbor Club, <laughs> you know. Um, but but how did that – I love your story, though. And I, I've been following you for a long time, and I just love what you're doing for the game. How did that – and I'm kind of envious because I love the game that much. And I um, – how did that transform you into really being a, kind of a, a visionary on creating a, a system that is um, just so well-known and utilized by so many coaches? You've helped so many people. What transformed you from coaching to doing what you're doing now? Well, you know, I think it's um, – uh, I've had um, people say, don't you wish. Back in 1979 when you first started coaching, you're fresh out of college and uh, what if you had the read and react then, you know, of course I want to say, Hey, what if I had the read and react when I was playing, that would have been a whole lot better. Sure. You know? Uh, but, uh, it, my answer is it couldn't be done, uh, it, for me, uh, someone else maybe, but I needed, I needed the 20 years of frustration. I needed to try everything. I needed to try my way you know, my thoughts on the game. I needed to use what, you know, my experience, which is a player at that time. You're you, all you got is a player's experience. You don't have a coach's experience and you think, you know, the game and how to coach it. And, uh, you know, thank God, you know, there's just, uh, you know, we plow right on through our ignorance. Uh, but, um, uh, it, it was not, so much the frustration of um, of not enough wins, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I just can't achieve my goal. There's got to be a wetter, better way. It uh, that was certainly part of it, but there's also this disconnect uh, with players and with um, you know with what you're trying to teach them and what you really want them to do versus the vehicle you're you're using to do that. And so I've, you know, I found myself, um, almost contradicting myself like this. Let me give you an example. Um, uh, look as a team, as a, you know, we've got to stick together and we've got to run this particular offense and it's all about execution. It's all about execution. In fact, in fact, Kevin, you go to clinics, you're going to hear that word tossed around as often as any other word, yeah. right? Execution. We got to yes. be able to execute. But at the same time, you're going to hear myself. This is where it started, not other coaches saying, Hey, you know something? There, there comes a time when you just, you, you got to create something right there. You know, you got to, 
I find myself talking to the players saying that, yeah, yeah, you got to kind of abandon the offense and create something right there. There's an opening there. There's an overplay there. There's, you know, you've drawn defense. You've got to be able to kick. And the, the players are saying, but, 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 but that's not the offense. You know, that's, I was trying to execute. And, and I, you know, you find yourself, I found myself sending uh, conflicting messages, you know, and I thought, boy, it'd really be nice. You know, I don't want to create that indecision, that anxiety in the players. And uh, I just felt like there's got to be a way that uh, we could, I don't know, kind of pull together rather than um, rather than have this kind of a disconnect. And I figured, hey, I figured wins will come, you know, if I could solve that. Right. And <clears> – <throat> Well, I tell you, you've been—I mean, you've been a bright light for us coaches. Um, and I tell you, I, what, what I love about what you're doing now—I'm—I believe, and I'm still learning. I'm 54, and I'm still learning big time, Rick. And um, I got to tell you a little story before we continue on. This year, I put in our Read and React Five mm-hmm. out, and we run. I mean, we're, we're layer one, my friend. <laughs> we're we're layer one. That's we're okay. we're passing cut. Um. And we do it against zone and man. Right. And I, 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 the whole year, I had two good players this year. So at the beginning of the year, we ran a lot of sets for them, like, a, um, you know, like high ball screen sets, you know, try to get them, you know, to the rim. And, you know, we place our shooters in the corner and so forth, more like a horns yeah. type. Um, but we always became stagnant, relying just on those two players and I finally said, you know what? I'm going to commit to the read and react. And I tell you, I didn't use it until our region tournament. You got to check <laughs> this out. And we were playing against FPD out of Macon. And we were down by nine at halftime playing horrible. And I said, they were playing a zone. They were, we had one really good player. And they were just, you know, basically, you know, shadowing her the yeah. whole time. I went five out against their zone. And we had, we were eight for 15 from the oh three-point line. And basically, they we were we were passing, cutting, and they had no clue how to guard it. We had open gaps, and it was the most fun, these girls. And of course, we beat them. It was like, it was like a miracle <laughs> win. Uh, now, we have a pretty good little yeah. team, but uh, and right then, that sold them on the offense. We really did not believe – I did not believe in it until then, and that's pretty sad. Nice. And now it's like it's no, part it's of it. Uh, that's a natural progression, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. It was great. Now we're not a great shooting team, so that that, that eight for fifteen was kind of unusual. Um, but I think the movement, uh, and sometimes you have to take risk, yeah. right, Rick? When you do something, that took I took a risk on my part, and we just spread. We had basically five guard. We just spread everybody out. Nobody in the post. We made hard dive cuts. We were posting inside, as you say. We were looking for shots after the cuts. But tell me about that. Is that is that why you created it? Um, is that? I mean, I'll be. I, I'm a buyer in the offense. I love the principles, and I love when kids just have the ability to think on right. their own. Uh, by the way, let me come right back to that question because you reminded me of a a similar story that was just told me. Uh, this past week by uh, Jason McCowan at Cleveland High School in uh, Cleveland, Tennessee. And this is his first year with the Reader React. And um, 
he's on a uh, 20 game win streak right now. He's in the elite elite eight. Okay. Well, he, he his yeah. team is the team I use to demonstrate the fusion practice uh, system. If you're familiar with that, but any, I am. Matter of fact, that's my that's my okay. next that's my next. Right. Uh, we'll get that. On that. Well, yeah. you know, I I was just trying. To, I've been trying to keep up with him and just checking in on a weekly basis, you know, and and um, and so. Um, and, and during one of my check-ins, he said, uh, yeah, we beat so-and-so. And they, uh, and he said, um, we saw every kind of defense possible. And he started – you know, at first it was a packed in 1-3-1. One, one. Then they went to uh, a matchup. Then they went to this and a triangle. And, to, and they, they just kept throwing all kinds of things. And he said, but um, – he said, finally, I think it was like third quarter or something like that. He said they um, – like they settled into a zone thinking that's what they would do it they and he said um we tried to do the nail flank thing they work really hard on that okay and they do it well okay but he said um he said uh, i just kind of called the timeout and said look that's that's not working really well uh, just just simplify down and go layer one just go layer one guys start start spacing out right. pass and cut let's move the ball let's move players uh, Kevin, they scored 37 points in one quarter against a zone. <laughs> and he yeah, said it was yeah. nothing more than layer one. And, and he just, he, I, I'm going to give him a chance to talk about it in clinic coming soon. But, uh, um, uh, you know, people overlook just the, the spacing, player movement, ball movement that you create. That's right. I don't care whether you play a man zone or what kind type of defense. It's just it's harder to guard someone who's moving, changing, and not staying in your traditional positions. That's all. Um Yes, yeah, so don't yeah, don't and don't you find out, Rick, that it's I don't know too many defense that can guard hard cutters. Right. Right. I agree. No. Um I agree. Look, you could almost create the read and react. But just sitting down and having a, a good long conversation with a few really good players, experienced players, and 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 here's what I mean: just ask them, "Hey, offensively, you're on offense. What do you want?" Kevin, Hi, Rick. Hey, man, I love. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, sometimes that happens. What I'll do is I'll I'll edit that that no no problem at all. It happens. You okay. know how it is with life life sometimes. Uh, well but I love what you were saying. You're talking about uh good offensive players. What yeah. do they look for? Yeah. Um yeah, but if you ask them, they'll say, Look, I I want spacing. I want people out of my way when I decide to take my guy or take my girl, uh my defender. Uh, you know, stay out of my way. Get out of the lane. I'm trying to get to the rim. And while right. you're getting out of the way, why don't you move where I can pass to you if some defender stops me? You know, don't just stand there and watch me. Uh, if you if if you have an honest conversation with them, you know, they'll tell you that, look, I, I don't want somebody running to me trying to get a handoff or running to me to give me a ball screen. If I want one, I'll ask for it. You know, you're bringing your defender into my space. 
and and as I began to talk, this is um, you know, two thousand early early two thousands as as I was talking to players um, about this, I thought, you know, you know, why why do we just allow the players without the ball to go do whatever the heck they want to do, and vice versa? If you say, hey, um, you're on defense. What kind of defender do you want to guard? And they'll say, oh, someone who stands around. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, and I said, well, what's the worst player to guard? Well, it's the player that's on the move and specific right, sure. cutting to the basket. It means I've got to turn. I've got to switch my hips. I can't just step slide. And there's a threat to score. Uh, you know, that north-south action is just harder to guard. So, why not construct and that, you know, and so piece at a time, I thought, let's just construct something that is the worst thing for defense and the best thing for uh, offense. And, uh, uh, um, you know, read and react will wind up testing the coach as to whether you really believe that players can make better decisions moment by moment than you can. Now, if you believe that, I think it's it's perfect for you. If you don't believe that, it's it's going to be really tough. Yeah, and it takes time. I mean, oh, and, and ultimately, it, it is the it, it's a player's game. I mean, I think, right. and I know coaches. I think particularly nowadays, I think you have to me. It's the perfect offense for today's game, today's type of kid. Right. Um, but let me ask you this. It, it's based on principles, though. Yep. And I, I see – I'm going to give you an example. Okay. I was at the state championships last night, um, and I'm a junkie. I'll watch I – sh- I wish I was there today, but I'm talking to the great Rick the Victorbit, though. Um, <laughs> but I was watching Vidalia playing Farrell okay. last night. Yeah. And it came down to the end. Now, now Vidalia – runs a very high post offense. Uh-huh. I mean, structured almost like the flex, almost type cuts. And and I felt like I go, what would Rick Torbett think? I was thinking about you. I was going, the kids were so tight. Everything was patterned. And it came down to the end of the game. And they couldn't get a shot off because Farrell took away some options. And I go, this is the read and react there time is. where kids – decisions i mean am i wrong or was i maybe i was over overthinking it tell me what you think about that that's exactly where it's going to show up you know and this is an old don meyer saying do you want tricky plays or do you want tricky players you know well in that final two minutes of the state tournament i want tricky players i won't right don't rely i want to be able to read the defense, read the situation, uh, and react cr- correctly as a five-player unit, not just as individuals. Everybody talks about that as far as individuals, but I want them to react um, uh, uh, as a five-player unit. And, hey, I've been there. I, mean, I made it to a couple of Final Fours, and the reason we couldn't move on is what you just described. Yeah, and um, and just on the opposite side, and I, and I, I'm not I'm not discrediting anything about in, the coaches because I, um, yeah. I make the same mistakes, um, and I've done done that before. But Farrell, 
I'm not even, it looked like they almost didn't even have an offense where they were just, they were just, they were just, it was flowing and so forth. And guys were just catching, I think everybody's on the move. Right. And uh, sometimes that's the best offense, right? Wow. I just, you know, again, it's going to test your belief. <laughs> uh, can you, can you relinquish what you think is control and uh, for the sake of, being able to win in those situations, you know, which I think is you're getting down to the top percent percentage, you know, look, there are teams you're going to beat regardless of what you run. Any offense is going to work. Uh, right. If there are certain teams that you have that have so much talent that your success can breed a myth, you know, <laughs> you know, wow, my great offense. No, you had great players. It wouldn't matter yes. what you would have run, right? <laughs> so what what I'm looking for is a system that allows me – it won't guarantee me wins. Come on. Nothing will do that. What I want is the situation that you just described. I want to be able to get the most out of the players um, that's possible to give us a chance and give them a chance – to win and I can't do that I just I don't think again this is just going to test your belief I don't think I can get the most by controlling more I think you've got to loosen I think you've got to loosen the the reins up um, and let the players take let the players take control in those situations now, but let's hey. be honest. What happened, right? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Rick. But no. what I see though is coaches under pressure, and particularly in a state championship oh, game. Yeah. Don't tell me if I'm wrong. The coaches want to look like they're coaching on the sideline. Am I wrong? Oh, I mean, like they're on every play, every possession. Right. Um, and I think it should be just the opposite. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, what do I know? I mean, right, I haven't man. won a state. Now, look, I, I know of uh, – I have some read and react coaches who, who make up all kinds of things to say on the sideline. I'm serious. I'm serious. <laughs> and, and the kids know yeah. that it's nothing. It's gobbledygook. You know, they'll stand up and yell, Boston, Boston, you know, blue Boston, you know, and it's like – and, and – People are writing yeah. down what the team's trying to do, and and they're not. They're just <laughs> the coaches. Just, That's a great idea. I didn't even think about oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Talk about messing up people's uh, uh, scouting you and the other team and that kind of thing. Yeah, you just kind of have a little fun. And for those that don't know, they you do look like you're coaching. I'm sorry that it has to be that way. Uh, to me, I mean, if you did your – all your all your coaching is done in practice, right. and you know, of course, there are some uh, smart things you can do in the game. Absolutely, but um, uh, uh, I almost I almost um, look for that coach who is sitting there uh, with legs crossed and a you know a curled up program, uh, just watching the orchestra take care of itself. You know. 
Yes, yes. And I, I think um, – That's not in my personality that, to do it, but go ahead. <laughs> I, I think it's a rarity. I do feel like it's a rarity that you see that. And it's hard because, to me, that shows – my best coaching is when I'm not really saying a lot. Right. I mean, I, I, I scouting myself – but it's hard for me to do. Sometimes I get too intense, mm-hmm. too pet, but that's my personality. Hey, tell me about it's not just about the reading react. On what I want to study more from you guys is your four systems you have on your your website. And that is your your read and react, your zone offense, your your dynamic defense. With I have all these tapes. I don't have the fusion practice. And I really want you to talk a lot about the fusion practice system on how we can integrate everything that we need to integrate into a practice. Talk a little bit about those systems. Okay. Uh, Which one you want to go first? (laughs) Fusion. Fusion. I'm a, I want, I want to learn by that. Hopefully my coaches can get something out of that too. Sure. I'll tell you where this came from um, is uh, for the last uh, two or three, um, two or three years, I've been able to get around and work with some programs around the country, uh, just privately. Uh, boy, I would love to keep that up, but I don't know if my body can do it and my time schedule can do it. I was, I kind of took, uh, one summer I really loaded up just because I wanted to get out there and, um, and be face to face, belly button to belly button with the coaches and their teams and see what they're, problems are and that kind of thing and everywhere i went the number one problem was we run out of time uh, yeah you yeah know, I, I know we need more rep time i know we should never leave the reading rack but but our team can't shoot very well so we need to spend a lot of time on shooting and we need to spend a lot of time on you know ball handling and you know something every team presses us so we have to work you've heard this right they just you just run out of time and uh and so while i was uh, uh at these places working with these with these teams i began to experiment with trying to collapse the time frames and uh and finally work this out and i'm i'm it's hard for me now to work with a team and not do this okay right but, but here's where it started uh First of all, um, you know, usually I'm being asked to to run, read, and react. But for the listeners to the podcast, this can be any offense. If you hear me reference read and react, just put in your offense, okay? Because it, it can be done with any offense. Um, um, you know, I'm taking the team through, you know, five on zero, okay? Here's what you do with this, you know, whatever it is, pass, cut, fill out, fill up, right? We've all done it. Right. And it's – and I'm seeing, you know, at least five more players standing over there on the sideline, right, bored to tears, wasting, you know, <laughs> wasting time over there. And so sure. I said, look, uh, let's let's – like most coaches, come on out here and play dummy defense, you know, like a shell drill. Just pick up somebody, start guarding them, but you can't touch the ball. And uh, then I'd turn to the the uh, host coach and say, "Look, 
you know what you want on defense. Start coaching your defense while I'm working on the offense. We'll just do both of these at the same time. Well, now the offense has people to cut by, people to uh, pass around, uh, spacing to consider. And, and it just, um, you know, with five more players out there, um, the space you thought you had is not what you have. Um, and so that began to work really well. But then as we're rehearsing, you know, uh, there was a couple of things I didn't like. Uh, first of all, this defensive thing of not touching the ball. That's not a really good habit, Kevin. <laughs> you know, playing defense and letting passes go by, you know. I'd, sure. love for, I'd love for them just to be able to play honest defense, you know, the whole time. Um, and the other thing was my offensive team only got like one shot. Whoever took the rehearsal shot, you know, there's four other players standing around, you know, clapping. And, and I thought, man, that's such a waste. So to, to try to get two birds with one stone, I told the defense to go, everybody go get a ball. So, all, you know, the, and they'll look at you weird <laughs> and uh, they'll come out with a ball and uh, you begin to do things like this. I have like five modes of defense, okay? But uh, one of the modes is just you have to hold the ball with both hands while you play defense. Now it's not <clears> – <throat> Now it's not um, uh, don't touch the pass. If you want to try and touch the pass, you can. You just have to deflect it with your ball because you can't take both hands off of the ball. So now the – Sure. The, does that make sense? So It makes a lot of sense, yeah. So, so now the defense really has to concentrate on their positioning ahead of time, their foot movement. Uh, you can't really use your arms, but it's not like having your arms tied behind you or – holding the towel around. You can still twist your torso. You can still deflect a pass. I've even seen kids block shots with their ball, you know. Um, but it's more difficult. I'm certainly handicapping the defense, okay. Um, now, defense can't cheat either to, as so far as holding, using their hands, that type of thing. So I, I know I'm handicapping the defense, but of course I'm trying to rehearse the offense, but at least defense is getting to play honestly. Okay. Um, for the, for the most part. Now the other, so I thought, you know, I got one other problem. Like we're not getting, we're going to get one shot. So, um, so let's say I'm guarding you, Kevin. I've got a ball in my hand, right? Two hands on the ball, right? I'm guarding you and your right. team's rehearsing and, and uh, somebody cuts, and you pass it to them, and they shoot, right? Well, now you're standing – typically, you're, you're just – you know, we're, you're done. Your team's done with that little rehearsal, right? It's time to switch offense to defense or something like that. Well, no, in, in the fusion, what we do is you and I, we immediately switch to uh, uh, training to player development. In other words, I'm going to call your name. I may have to back up a few steps and I'm going to say, Kevin, Kevin, here's the pass. And I'm going to pass to you. I'm going to close out on you and you're either going to catch and shoot, or you're going to catch and drive, or you're going to catch and get to the lane and finish some way up and under, 
Maybe you're going to do a hop back. You, you follow me? Whatever you want to work on I do. I do. offensively, you can have them work on it. You can have them taking the same shot, type of shot, that the player in the offensive rehearsal took. You know, if that's if that's what you want to do, you know. So now, now let's just stop here and go uh, look. Just look at that part. First of all, uh, Kevin, I get to work on my defensive closeouts. That's one of the hardest things to do defensively. So every time your team yes. takes a shot, I've got I've got four of the five players closing out, doing a defensive closeout. Okay. And you'll have to hold their feet to the fire because they just don't have that habit. Also, Kevin, when you make your move or you catch and shoot, I get to practice turning around and checking out or blocking out. The second hardest habit, I think, to do. But now I'm getting valuable reps without having to go to a blockout drill or a closeout drill. I'm getting – I'm fusing all this – all of this together. Now – with with the with both hands on the yeah, ball still. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'll, I'll change the mode here yes. in a minute. But uh, you know, you know how you took your shot. I threw you the ball, and you took your shot, right? Okay, right. You go rebound your shot. Yeah, I'll check you out. I'll block you out. But uh, you know, the, the training's over. It's training. So then you'll go around me, and you go get your ball, chase it down, right? Well, now. I switch to offense. You're now on defense because you've got the ball. So my team's going to rehearse the same action, take a shot, and, Kevin, you'll be passing me the ball, closing out. I'll be getting my training shots in. And so the net, there's every, every time there's a rehearsal of the offense, there's five shots being taken instead of one. There's – four defensive closeouts being taken. There's four blockouts and rebounds. Um, does that uh, – you follow me so far? Oh. Yeah, I'm definitely following you. I like that. I'm trying to picture it, yeah, um, you know, in a practice. Uh, and I, um, I, I like that because, yeah, I, I love how you're, um, you're, you're keeping everybody engaged, but I like how you're including the skill development. Yeah. I, and I what I, I love about it, yeah, and maybe maybe you you focus on this or you or you don't, but my girl girls have a hard time playing defense with both hands up. So holding on with a ball with two hands right. really forces them to strengthen their shoulders and arms. Oh, yeah, it? it gets it's when when they give the ball up and are able to just play regular defense. It's you'll you'll yeah. you'll see them. They'll go, thank goodness, you know this feels. I can play so much better without a ball. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. Um, and so I have other modes. Example, um, you can tuck the ball like a running back. So that now you've got, you know, put the, put it under your arm. Right. And, and now you okay. have one hand free that you can deflect passes with. I got you. Yeah, yeah, okay. I see, I see. But yeah. now you can really start demanding uh, from your defense which hand to be denying with depending on where you are, the ball, and your man. They'll have to switch the ball from one arm to the next, okay? But that really engages their 
their brain. What am I doing? What hand am I denying with? You know, what's my body position? I got to switch this ball quickly, depending on the cutter coming from, from where and that kind of thing. I have a defensive mode where you must dribble the entire time your own defense. I love <laughs> this one, man. It's chaotic. It's chaotic. Yeah. It really is. But isn't that the way the game is? It's a chaotic game. You know, can you it keep is. your composure with all this noise and everything that's going on? And of course, Kevin, I've I've always read, you know, the, the really smart people say that uh, when you're training uh, a player, uh, if you can engage two parts of their brain rather than one, if you example, rather than just the rote action that you're trying to ingrain as muscle memory, if you can also put a decision in there, then, then studies show that players develop faster, you know? Well, when you're trying to play defense and dribble the ball at the same time, you're switching hands with the ball, you know, because you, you still got one hand to deny with, right? So you're going to have to right. switch. Um, uh, I just think that players develop faster. Now, this is a lot going on, right? All at the same time. Well, time just yeah. flies. Time flies. But big picture here. Let me stop here. Big picture is I wanted – I wanted to make sure, let's say I go, you got an hour and a half practice. What if you started with fusion and your first 45 minutes straight, that's all you do. Well, you've got your offense taken care of your defense taken care of your player development, you know, your shots, your one-on-one, your, okay. Uh, I've got numbers on this. When you look at the system, you know, how many shots your team's going to get in an hour doing this. Okay. Um, uh, uh, now there's three others I haven't talked about is see, uh, when, when I'm playing defense on you, Kevin, and, uh, and I've got a ball and your team shoots, see, I have to turn around. I have to call out your name and I, we got to communicate. You and I have got to communicate. You know, Kevin, where do you want the ball? Do you want to be on the move? Are you? Do you want me to close out long so you can drive by me? Or you want me to close out short so you can catch and shoot? You know, we've got to communicate. Well, you, you just can't over-communicate uh, as a team, right? Um, and then we start playing things like money ball, which is, uh, you know, uh, if the rehearsal shot goes in, it's like five points. Every The other four shots are one or two points. It just depends on what you want to do. But the team has to call out the running score as the balls go in the basket. And so, right, so the okay. teams wind up competing with a running score, right? And my, my one little caveat is if you don't call out your score when the basket goes in, I send you back to zero. All right? So they, they okay. are constantly yeah. communicating, all right? Now, uh, again, this is a lot going on, but uh, I don't know of a coach who, who, who doesn't say that they want all of their players, not just those on the floor, but those on the bench, they want them to know time, situation, and score during a game at all times. 
Great players, no time, situation, and score. Well, Kevin, that's nothing but a habit of mind, you know? Now, so where are you going to form that habit of being constantly focused on the score and the time and the, time and the situation? Well, fusion, you know, gives that to you. So I got competition in there. I've got uh, uh, communication in there. And if you do it for 45 minutes, see, it's player-led. I'm not stopping and starting it unless I want to change the defense, defensive mode or change what I'm re rehearsing on offense. Otherwise, they just keep going. They don't wait for me to stop and start, okay? And uh, there, so there's some pretty serious conditioning going in there. Now, right in the middle of it, I'll, I'll take a breath and take your question. At any time, at any time, uh, if if music comes on in the practice, randomly a song comes on. Now you can do that any way you want to. Okay, uh, boombox. I don't care. Your own speakers, whatever. Okay, your manager's cell phone. I don't care. Uh, but when the whenever a song comes on the defense has to roll their balls off of the floor and it's live. It's live and it's a, we're keeping score until that song is over. And it's maybe it's full court, might be half court. It just depends on what we've got available. But I want them to be able to, to drop what's, what's going on and compete. Now, you know why I'm doing this, because I want to test it. You know, I want to, I want to test what we're working on. Is it sticking or is it not, you know? So as soon as the song's over, you know, most songs are three, four minutes long, right? As soon as the song's over, we're right back to fusion. They go get their basketballs. We pick up right where we, we left. And it's, it's after those little short three, I might say, um, well, that's not working. You know, our, our rehearsal or, or, we need to stay longer with this particular action on offense because we're not getting it. Or maybe we we are getting it. Now it's time to move on. So that ah, let me take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Um, and it's it's I, I see it in my mind because I, I I envision I love that because it's constant, like you say, constant engagement but it's constant competition. And my, a, a guy that I really love is Chris Oliver. And um, Chris Oliver has you know, the games approach system. And he always says, you cannot teach without defense. I, absolutely. You cannot teach offense. And, uh, and, I, and I'm sure you know Chris Oliver. I mean, he's such, you, you guys both from, are very similar in that you're both always seeking the truth. <laughs> And I love that because how many schools – now, you said you studied. How many schools are incorporated? or Where, where did you grasp these ideas? Because I absolutely love it. Um, where, where, where did you get these – I know they're, they're, they're concepts that we all want to teach, but how many people are utilizing the fusion-type well, system? Well, I don't know. Uh, I really wish I did. I don't even know how many teams run the Read and React. <laughs> um, I'd love to uh, – Hopefully we're working we on metrics to <laughs> at least get close to that, you know, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, mean, I mean, I love the idea. I love, um, I, first of all, I love the engagement of 
having a ball in the defender's hands. That to me, uh, that's stuck in my mind. I love that. Good. good. Uh, but you also add some. Yeah. And the communication part is for Yeah, he just kind of slowly kept developing, developing, and I just started falling in love with it. The more things that I could do with it. Um, and it does overload the kids, but good grief. That's what training is all about, you know. As, uh, I, I did this with a 15 and under boys AAU team. And, oh, by the way, well, this is not a factor for others, but there was, we only had four – we only had eight players. So we, we went four on four, right? And the, their coach wanted me to teach them to react. Friend of mine, okay? Well, I, I took, uh, you know, what, five minutes maybe to explain fusion and get us started. Those kids went an hour – Kevin, before they asked for a break. And, and I didn't realize we'd gone an hour. They were so engaged. There was, I, because I asked them afterwards, I said, man, you can't let, let me go an hour without a water break, you guys. I'm going to get in trouble. We're getting in trouble for this, you know. And they said, man, it, it seemed like 15, 20 minutes. It's just we never even thought about it. You know, you're just moving from one thing to the next. And, Offensive, defense, and we're taking shots and work. You know, eventually I told those guys, um, uh, you know, when it comes time for your developmental shot, when, when, the, when the rehearsal shot goes up, uh, I just want you to work on your game. You guys know what you're weak at. You know what you need to work on. You know, talk to your partner. And so some of them would uh, immediately go down into the post and turn their back and then, you know, their, their, their partner would play defense on them and they'd take the time. And I tell them to take their time. I want them to get their shot game like good situation. I don't, I just don't want them to put up shots, you know? Uh, right. Uh, I have no idea where these things come from to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what I love and I, I, uh, I love what you do because I'm always trying to think the game and 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 better teach it to my players. Um, but I love how you're making things more systematic well, and that there's a purpose behind it. Um, hey, can I can I ask you a question about Absolutely. shooting? I love it uh, because your your skill development drills. I mean, and it shows how a nutcase I am. I I love like your scoring without the ball. Um, things like that, that most, I don't think a lot of coaches love to teach, but I have a good friend, uh, Doc Schepler, who coaches at Pinewood high school in Los Altos, California, who I think is one of the best teachers of the game. You got to look yeah. him up, um, and talk to him. He has a small school of 200 and he coaches girls basketball and he is consistently ranked nationally. Wow. One of the best schools in the country. And he runs a five out offense and i'm sure it's the same principles as what you're using zone man to man and but he teaches his girl he's you have unbelievable shooters and he teaches everything off the hop and a quick release all that and um i i really stole a lot of drills from him how do you teach shooting what what is what is and and what is your system of shooting right now at this time when you're going out working with kids well i Simplify, simplify, simplify. Okay. Um, that'd be my first thing. I mean, it's so easy to get bogged down in, in, uh, 
you know, in the bushes uh, with shooting because there's there's so many things you could correct and that kind of thing. Um, but if I was if I had a very limited amount of time, and you push me to to do what would to teach what would give the maximum return for the minimum amount of time, it would be, let me do two things. I'm on, I'd, I'd say two things. Okay. Uh, the first one is time the release of the ball with your feet leaving the ground. In other words, break your wrist, your shooting wrist, when your feet leave the ground. Now this is for especially men. Uh, this sounds counterintuitive, like, oh, no, no, no. My release is after I jump, you know, as if you're jumping, you know, three feet in the air, hanging around and then shooting, you know. Um, uh, all I ask it to, to back me up on this, all I ask you to do is to record um, Steph Curry as an example, or Clay Thompson, I don't care, uh, record them in a game when they're shooting, not in practice, but in a game. Okay. And when Steph has taken those 35 footers, I want you to go frame by frame until you see his wrist break. And the ball's probably an inch from his fingertips off of his fingertips because his wrist is broken. And then I want you to look at where his feet are and you might see an inch under the toe of his foot. Does that make sense? In other yeah, words, yeah. he's recruiting his core to get the ball to the goal. His arms, his hands, they just guide the ball. That he, that's why he looks like a normal person. You know, uh, I know he's not, but, you know, he doesn't need the, you know, huge amounts of upper body strength because he coordinates his core with – that's where he generates the power to get the ball to the goal. Now, now that all sounds – when you start using words like that, kids' eyes are going to glaze over. So I just say, look, I just want you to trust me for a while and break – you know, take your coordination pill – and break your shooting wrist with your feet leaving the ground. Now, by the way, for players that can jump higher, eventually this, this does evolve uh, uh, to be a, a little later in your jump than that. Absolutely, it does evolve, okay? But notice it doesn't evolve at 35 feet, <laughs> okay? Um, <laughs> that'd be my sure. first thing. You got to have power to get the ball to the goal while keeping your arms relaxed, relatively relaxed. Okay. You can't be tensed pulling the trigger, you know, uh, you know, look at great golfers, you know, are they over gripping? You know, that's a problem, isn't it? You know, you trying to right. really put your strength into the golf swing or man, they're, they're as loose as a goose at the point of contact. Right. Uh, and yet they've got all this power. Uh, you'll hear them say, you know, hey, listen up your hands, listen up your hands. It's like, well, dude, how can I get my power? It's a coordination <laughs> thing, right? 
The second thing that I would do, and this is really kind of counterintuitive, is learn how to pose after the shot. Because what you do after the shot winds up affecting the next shot. It will change your form. And so uh, I do two things that kind of, well, one of them is pretty common, okay? And that's the shooting hand uh, finishing above the goal and certainly above the little white square, usually top of the backboard. Uh, uh, So the shooting hand pointing straight down into the goal, okay? Don't let that hand veer off to the side, okay? All right, and then I the the one that winds up um, I get in a lot of debates with is I, I hold the other hand up as well the guide hand the non shooting hand it it needs to be up there with the shooting hand in other words both arms are fully extended can you picture like a referees in a football game when there's a touchdown they both arms are up you know. that's what i mean and and you're going to frame the goal with your with your guide hand your guide arm you're going to look you're going to try to catch the rim on your way up you're going to try to catch the rim between your wrist on the way up those are your sights okay and if you'll finish and hold your pose your hands and your wrist and your forearms wind up being the sights, your shooting sights. And if you can keep the rim right in there, it's really hard for the ball not to go where your hands finish. Yeah, I agree with that. Yes, sir. Yes. Well, then you know, if you, if you <clears throat> don't learn how to pose, you'll never know what your finish is. Players shoot, worst habit, they shoot, drop them. I'm talking about during training, okay? They shoot their and then they just drop them. Well, how do you know where you finished? You know, uh, it'd be like me shooting a rifle, and as soon as I pull the trigger, I you, you drop the rifle down. No one does that. No one, right? You keep you keep it on target. So that'd be the two big things. Yeah, I love that. And we do a little drill. I I um I, I get a lot of things from Point Guard College. I think they're the the best teachers in the game. And we do a little three line. (laughs) I got an encyclopedia of things. Go ahead. And it's, 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 it's a lot of it's intangibles. And I have, uh, I have a kid here, one of my eighth graders that um, she loves it. And she's going to be a good little player. I tell you, because she, she believes in the system and believes all those things. Um, But we, we do a lot of teaching. And one of the greatest drills I have is a little, we call it three line shooting. And that is, um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's basic fun to have your hands ready. They call it sticky yep. fingers. Uh, you know, we, we jump hop into mm-hmm. everything. So on the air, feet in the air, we constantly say that ball in the air, feet in yep. the air, sticky fingers. And, and we hold our follow through until you go and get the ball in your hands. Oh, nice. So that exaggerate and the kid, it's like part of our, it's just part of us. So all our kids have good fault. Now we're still not great shooters yet um, because it, it's, they're, they're still developing, but the idea that, and you just watch us in warmups, it's really cool right. to watch. And every kid is holding their finish 
for probably two to three seconds. Right. Um, and then we got to feather the pass to the oh, next person yep, and yep. continue it. And it's, a, it's one of the best simple drills I ever got from PDC. That's excellent. You know, the now your sales job is convincing players that made shots are going to follow this. They're not going to come right away. You know, it's just one of the hardest things. That, the reason there's not more better shooters is the delay that, you know, uh, uh, that it takes, the time that it takes to move from shooting it right, shooting it correctly, which is what you're working on. I mean, loading your legs with that hop is excellent. It's just excellent. It loads your legs and covers most every shot you can catch in a hop, you know, almost, even off the dribble. Um, uh, but the reward of seeing your percentage go up is delayed so long. I think that you, as a teacher, as a coach, you've got to just constantly be selling this and selling it and selling it. It's going to come. It's going to come. But it's not tomorrow. It's not next week. This may take three or four months before you really see a significant difference, you know, before people start noticing it, it could be that long. And I'm talking about when you're shooting, uh, you know, 500 to a thousand shots a day. Well, see, no one, very few, how many coaches, how many parents, how many, you know, trainers talk to them in terms of those numbers? Because I think most players quit too soon. Uh, they think that they're going to see great results in six weeks. I'm, you can see some, but, you know, I mean, that would be really, really abnormal. Okay. Um, now, do I believe that you can do it between seasons? Absolutely. You know, say from March to October, you, uh, anybody could be a completely different player. And during that time, but it takes lots and lots of shooting and shooting it correctly just increases your, your, uh, chances of more shots going in. I mean, if you're, go if you're going to put up the reps that it takes, why not shoot it the best possible way? Um, uh, and, and instead of, um, it being, well, I went, I'm now a 50% shooter. Why not be a 60% shooter Why not, or 70%? Why not squeeze out another 10 or 20 because you shoot it correctly, you know? So. Yes, and, and it's, it's funny you say that because our shooting percentage, went, the previous year we were 32%, which is actually not horrible no, for not girls, bad. to be honest with you. And, and we actually went up to 36%. Now – we're still not good three-point shooters yet. We actually shot 21%, yeah. which is not horrible, yeah. but it's gone up, <laughs> believe it or well, not. And we're, we're developing that's here. That's, yeah. that's the problem. That's the problem. Uh, you, you went from 32 to 36, right? 4%. Yes. Coach, do that one more year. 4%. Yes. Now you're at 40%. <laughs> You've got a team shoot. Listen, I'll go to war. With any team that's shooting 40, 40%, averaging 40%. And if you go one more year, you're talking about 44. Now, look, I had a team. I had, Well, there was 
one time uh, I had a little three-year stretch where we shot over 50%. Okay, from the three-point line, from the three-point line. Wow. Three years in a row, you know. <laughs> now, uh, yeah. now, these were the kind of players that, though, uh, here's another stat for you is when you're shooting in practice, we, we call it target shooting because it's not real, you know, it's not a game, right? Real game. Uh, there's about a 20% difference between what you're going to shoot in the game and what you're going to shoot target shooting. Like like the, the three-line drill you were talking about, right? If, if you want, if you want yes. to be, and I used to go through these numbers with the players, they would ask me, hey, what do I have to, do to have the green light to put up, you know, to put up the threes that I want to put up, you know, when can I have the green light from you coach? You know, well, when you can shoot, you know, um, say 45% from the three point line, even 40. Okay. 40 is fine with me. I'd give you the green light. If you had 40% in game in a game, right? Because that's like 60, 60% from the two, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Uh, and they said, well, I already shoot 40. Let me, let me show you here in practice. Watch this. And, you know, okay, great. So, what, what's and, <laughs> and I said, no, that's shooting 20% in the game. So, if you, if you want to shoot 40% in, in, in a game, you got to show me that you can hit 60 out of 100 here in practice. Then I'll know that you can shoot 40%. So, I had a kid uh, one year that shot 53% from the three-point line, averaged 28 points a game. And in practice, he was, I mean, he consistently, when you're putting up big numbers, you know, pull out the gun or something like that, right? Pull out the gun and do it. He's at 70 and 80% when he's on the gun. And uh, that translates, just subtract 20. It's a pretty good rule of thumb. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I mean, that those uh, those are some great nuggets. And I, again, um, I love how you simplify the shooting form, and I, I, I absolutely love that. Rick, let's talk about okay. read and react. Uh, and I know, I know you don't. I know it's taking a little bit of time on the podcast, but That's I love why, talking yeah, to you. Um, split this up. Hey, read and read. Yeah, absolutely. Read and react, and that is. I'll, can I tell you what we're yeah. doing, and then you talk about your system because it's all about individual team. Every team's yep. a little bit different, yes. right? Um, we run a five-out motion. Now, <clears throat> I don't have any post players. I have some girls that probably uh, are they're not tall, but they probably maybe need to be in the post, but I'm developing basketball players out of them. So instead of maybe in a five-out, I might put them in the short mm-hmm. corner. All right, yep. so uh, they're not on the three-point line, um, but <clears throat> you know we're we're spreading teams out, and and spacing is difficult, ball movement's difficult, and player move is difficult. We're still at the sure. beginning stages of that, but some of the, some of the other things that I do, um, you know, we some of the things we we might say, hey, uh, we call it NBA. You know, you pass and uh-huh. go ball screen. Or you pass and screen away and then you curl some of the options. But what I love about what you're teaching, particularly in zone, is when you make a cut, you cut into the window or an open gap 
and we always get players in the, against the zones like that. And then we teach, we call this, this, this kick out. Yeah. We like, we love to get kick out passes right. against the zone. Tell me about some things that we can get better at uh, in our five out. Well, uh, against uh, player to player or zone or both. Uh, or both, or both. What are some What are some key concepts that if you were coming to our practice, of course, yeah, you would have uh-huh. to watch us and so forth. So, what are some key things if if you were trying to teach us? Uh, I'll guarantee you the first one is learn how to play further away from the basket. In other words, play on the NBA three point line. Now, I know the okay. pushback that I get right away is my players can't shoot from out there. I uh, there. I want you to play out there, okay? And and uh, the reason is there's more space. It's um, you know I'm going to uh, wind up teaching the uh, read line, the three point line, the 19 foot you know the ordinary high school three point arc. I'm going to use that as a okay. as our read line. In other words, um. Uh, I'm at the top of the key with the ball. I'm at the NBA three. Okay. And, and Kevin, you're on, you're over on the right wing and you're at the NBA three. Okay. This is, you know, a good three, you know, giant step, right? Okay. Now, yes. Uh, here's the litmus test because this is, this is how I know where to put my training spots on the floor is um and 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 the reason i'm telling you this is this is where i wind up having to start all in almost every program i go to say i don't care if it's college high school youth it doesn't matter uh they're playing too close okay kevin i'm going to put your defender inside the arc all right here's the test if i throw you a pass even with him knowing it, it's coming now, I'm not talking about some little lollipop pass. I'm talking about I put something on it like I would in the game, but he knows it's coming. Can your defender get a hand on the ball? Now, if he can, Kevin, you're, you're, you're too close. You need to take a step back. Does that make sense? I'm going to keep moving yes. you away from the three-point line until I get you to a point where if your man – your man is inside the three-point line. He cannot get to my pass if I pass to you. All right? Now, why is that important? Because I, you and I and all of our teammates, we need to be on the same page. All right? And here's that same page. Uh, Kevin, if your man's inside the three-point line, it's a safe pass. That's the way I'm reading it, and I'm throwing it to you. You're open. There is no argument here. There is no if, ands, or buts. Okay. I can, it's green light. I can pass to you. All right. But Kevin, if your man is over the three point line, just one step over, one foot over, I'm not throwing it to you. And furthermore, that is a signal for you to cut to the basket. See, I can't, I can't sure. throw to you, Kevin, because he'll steal it. He's over our, minimum mark to you okay so if he steps over you might as well go on and cut whether you make it or not is a moot point because i can't throw it to you anyway 
Now, so if they step over the three-point line and there's a little momentum and they step way over the three-point line, there's a real good chance that you're going to be open on your cut if if the lane is open, you know. If, again, another reason to try to keep the lane open as much as possible. Uh, that's where I would start, and I would be very, very strict, very strict with the players. Now, Kevin, you cut and you're not open, all right? That leaves an empty spot there on the right wing, and that means the player in the corner needs to be filling that empty spot. So now I've got two actions going on at the same time on the ball side of the floor, right? I've got someone threatening to basket you. I've got someone else filling an empty spot at the same time. I'm, I'm occupying defense pretty good. At least three, you know, there's three defenders, mine, yours, and the player filling the filling that empty spot. And, and the player that's filling the empty spot is reading their D in the same manner. Are you over the read line? If you are, I'm going to cut. And I got a little momentum. I'm a little more dangerous when I'm on the move making that cut, you know. So that would be the first, absolute first place. And by the way, if you've got a youth team, they need more space than older pay- players because they they need a longer window to recognize that players are open and they need a larger window to make the pass through because they're not as skilled. So you don't play closer because you're younger, okay? They, they, need, they need even more space, okay? Uh, so that would be my first – I would make sure that we could take care of this – the ability to move the ball along the perimeter um, first, I think. All right. Okay. Uh, uh, yes. Now, second after that is um, – and I'm just trying to be as general as I can. This this second thing that is is probably going to determine more 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 of your success than not is how do you manage those players if you have any? How do you manage those players that cannot play on the perimeter? Okay. Yeah, that's a great point. Yes, yes. Uh, See, I think that if I had a great post player, I would still start him on the perimeter. I know that sounds crazy. Now, there's a lot of things that I would do. By the way, in the read and react offense, uh, uh, layer seven is post screens, and it is the longest chapter in the whole system. And it's because of all the different things that you can do with someone in your post. Okay, because that's our decision box, which means you can do anything you want to when you're in there, which means you can really coach the heck out of it. If you if you understand that, see, out on the perimeter, out on the perimeter, your rule rules govern you out there. Okay, but once your feet hit the lane, it's it's a decision box. Uh, for players without the ball. Hey, do I stay in here and post? Do I screen for a post? Do I go back screen this player? Do I fill out to that empty spot? Do I use this screen? Do I curl around and set a pin screen? I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Well, 
I, if I had a great post play, I'd probably start them on the perimeter just so I can keep the lane open for my first action. But, you know, what does it take to get someone into the post? It takes almost nothing. It takes one action, you know. Uh, our layer three is if I dribble at you, Kevin, you have to cut, right? Okay, right, so you're sure. the great post player. I dribble at you. You cut to the basket. Now, that doesn't take any perimeter skills. Give me a break. Okay, right? You haven't touched the ball yet, Kevin, right? I'm sure you can cut to the basket from the wing, even if you don't think you can play on the perimeter. Uh, I'm starting you there, and let's say I dribble at you, and you cut, okay? I don't give you the ball. You're not open. But then you hit the lane, and you turn around, leg whip, and you're posted up. And I'm entering the ball to you, Laker cutting, blah, 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 everything else that we do. Yeah, and that's hard to guard. And particularly, we have two guards that they're tough to guard inside. Right. <clears throat> so we, we do the, – the, their most yep. open is when they make that first cut. Now, yep. <clears throat> we're still working on delivering good passes into uh -huh. the post and wraparounds and the ability to pass. So I love that part of it. That's actually a strength to our offense – is I got a little I got I got one little guard that's thick and strong. She's so much better from the yeah, inside. That's that's where that's where she makes her money. Yeah, right and there. we limit them. You know, when we when when we let someone hog the lane, then you you're keeping a player like that from you know making some money in there. Uh, uh, right. So even if you've got see, like I said, even if I had a great post player. If they post up once like that and, and, and they don't get the ball, they're out. Now, they might not, they might not go back out on the perimeter. They, may, they might step down to the short corner or step up to the high post. But I need that lane clear for that great guard who's cutting next and can post up, you know. I want, you know, I want to maximize their game. Uh, so – so that, you know, uh, it's really hard to speak specifically. <laughs> uh, when, when yeah, you, yeah, I love that. I'm kind of having <clears throat> to speak generally without seeing, without seeing no, the no. team. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm hoping you can come, uh, come see us. I know you're a busy guy and so forth on that, but I love to stay in yeah. touch. And I'll, I'll even send you some video. Um, but we're, we're at the beginning levels, yeah. but we're, we're bought in. Rick, we're, we're bought in. I just think that, to me, it's the best systematic way to teach offense. And also, I'm getting more and more into the dynamic defensive. Um, oh, excellent. Defense and so forth. So, we, I, I think last year I actually taught more yep. zone. And now I'm kind of now going to say, hey, I think our best defense is man. I just got to be patient yeah. with it. Right. Uh, well, now yeah, it, 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 there is a hand and glove kind of relationship, uh, read and react and dynamic defense. You're going to find that out once sure. you start. Uh, you once you start teaching it. In fact, you mentioned uh, a, a while ago that um, um, what was that quote about? Um, you've got to know defense. To uh, you got to have defense out there to have a great offense. Something like that. I can't remember. Remember that quote? Yeah, yeah. I think you were quoting a coach. Yeah, right? for sure. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, uh, I don't want this to sound arrogant, but 
you can't put something like the read and react together if you don't know how defense counters the offense. And once you get into the dynamic defense, you're going to find that that um, uh, these two just kind of go hand in hand. That, for instance, the first uh, four layers of the read and react is going to test level one and level two of your defense. Can you guard the ball? Yes. Can you help and recover to the ball? You know, help help a teammate who's getting beat and uh, force the pass out, you know, keep the ball from being uh, from being shot in the uh, middle one-third. And then can you recover without giving up a shot? You know, there's your level. Level one, can you guard the ball? Level two, can you guard away from the ball, right? Yes. Well, let's say that you can. Let's say you get good enough defensively. And by the way, this applies to the zone as well. What if you can get good enough to do that? Then what's your counter offensively? What, to do it better? Come on, we just got to do it better. No, that's, that's you know, you've got to have a counter to that. And the counter, of course, is to begin to screen. Because screens mean you can't just guard the ball or help and recover. Oh, gosh, we may have to switch. We may have to hedge. We may have to do something other than simply help and recover or guard the ball. You know, so... The screening actions of layer five, layer six, layer seven, layer eight of uh, read and react are meant to be used to test an opponent's ability to guard defensive situations, cross screens, flare screens, pin screens, ball screens, that type of thing. You say, well, hey, uh, we're, we're now getting good enough to do that, all right? Uh, gosh, we can guard the situations in the screens. Okay, great. Can you now recover before the offense finds the open player? Can you switch back? Can you defend the situation and all that and then get everything back to normal before we take advantage offensively? Well, in read and react, there's a lot of, you know, we, we talk about the ability to flow quickly from one action to the next regardless of where the ball is. That's that's us testing your level four defense. Does that make sense? It makes that's a lot of sense. Yeah, I totally that's agree. Kind of the yeah, it is a great progressive, progressive, systematic approach. Which right. um, I am now <clears throat> instead of piecemealing stuff mm-hmm. together, and, and and you know, still doing a good job. I want to get back into a more systematic approach, particularly more of a program-based right. approach of development. Uh, don't you think that's a better way? Oh, absolutely. And I, I tell you, as I could go on and talk more and more to you about this. Uh, uh, you, the stuff you bring to my mind, uh, like um, allowing, allowing the Reading React to be your, uh, a diagnostic tool it's going to expose your, and it already has for you. It's going to expose the developmental skills that your players need. And so you've got to kind of, uh, those two have just got to go hand in hand. Um, uh, as you find the things that your players can't quite do very well, well, there's no need in going on to another layer. They can't, if they can't do this one, they can't do the next one. So, Stop and sharpen the saw, yeah. you know, get 
get those particular skills and those breakdown skills down. I mean, break them down to developmental skills, get the reps you need to, to master that skill. And then you can go on. It's not necessary. It's not necessary to, to run everything in the read and react system. I'm... Kevin. Hey, Rick. Hey, how, how can the listeners get a hold of you? Um, and, uh, just talk about your website again, and, and I'll, pr- I'll promote it on my website as well. Uh, how can the listeners get a hold of that, Torbett? Uh, you, can, um, you can direct message me um, on uh, Twitter. Um, okay. My Twitter handle is <laughs> – hang on. Uh, my Twitter handle – I know you're like me. <laughs> I, I hope you can edit this so that I don't sound like a <laughs> yeah. Um, Twitter handle is at Rick Torbett. Yeah. Hey, this is live, man. We go live show here. <laughs> okay. um, that's great. And then, of course, your email. If somebody wanted to email you as well, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, they can email me at. Uh, Rick Torbett two one at gmail.com. All right, fabulous. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's great. Thank you so much, and um, thank you for coming on and sharing with us. I sure appreciate it, and uh, I wish you the best and stay connected, keep in touch. I your feedback. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Kevin, and and keep up the great work. All right. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate it. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye now. Hey, coaches. This is Nick Bartlett with Dr. Dish Basketball, and you're listening to the Championship Vision Podcast with Coach Kevin Furtado. Make sure to check us out at drdishbasketball.com and on Twitter and Instagram at at drdishbball for daily basketball drills, tips, inspiration, and how we've revolutionized the basketball shooting machine over here at Dr. Dish. Also mention this podcast and you will receive an exclusive discount on your next Dr. Dish purchase. Thanks for tuning in. This is Alan Stein Jr. My new book, Raise Your Game, High Performance Secrets from the Best of the Best, will be available from all major book retailers on January 8th. Raise Your Game takes a rare peek behind the curtain and shows you what the top coaches and players in the game do during the unseen hours. I share their routines, rituals, and habits, as well as proven strategies that you can implement with your team immediately. If you want to maximize your coaching impact and influence, order your copy today at RaiseYourGameBook.com.